0: Welcome back to the Three Vice Men podcast, back this week with another episode. My name's James Curtis. I'm still joined by Dom Lewis, as ever. Dom, how are we doing?
1: I'm doing very well, thank you. Um, Yeah, it was a really good record. Again? Again. I
0: know Matt again this week, as he's still uh, traits around the bottom side of the world. But we were joined by uh, Stu and John from State of Kind Bruco and had a great conversation with them.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a brewery that I've caught a couple of beers from before, been impressed with, but this was my first time really tasting through them. And yeah, I've got to say they are producing some great stuff and definitely one to keep an eye on. We talked everything from essential
0: hop oils to uh, pouring money down the drain in an unrelated note, uh, and
1: places as far away as Australian caves and then the canals of Wigan. Yeah, I had to uh, get my bingo card out again because uh, beer names based on things that you see drifting down a canal definitely wasn't something that I expected this year. But uh, yeah, that's gone. That's ticked off, which is nice.
0: Yeah, normally all you expect to see is a load of paddleboarders and um, probably a canoe or or someone in the back of a canoe not enjoying it as much as they their husband said they would do um yeah anyway make sure you uh you listen on there's some some great conversation in here and uh be sure to check these guys out if you uh get the opportunity to enjoy uh john stewart thanks for joining us uh, and good to have you on the pod um i'm quite thirsty so i'm gonna crack into our first beer which is the three Eyed fish um yeah. but while i'm doing that john do you want to give us a bit of backstory about the brewery
2: yeah yeah um originally to be fair the the brewery actually started He must be well the 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 brand of the brewery started about two and a half years ago now two years ago something like that um and he basically just came it's it's just something i've always wanted to do you know i've always wanted to do a brewery i've never had the chance to do a brewery and then i found myself in a bit of a midlife crisis and decided that if i didn't do it then i was never going to do it um but what, the way I wanted to do it at first was I was going to kind of contract brew and set the brand up. So we're going to start the brand, get the marketing, blah, blah, blah. So we went into like a, not an agreement, but we did a bit of contract brewing with with a company, um, which was just literally a disaster. It was just, it, it, it wasn't what I wanted to go forward. It wasn't the beer that, you know, I wanted to be proud of. It was just it was just average beer. Uh, and it, it just quickly came apparent that I had to get my own brewery. So uh, paused all that. Ordered the kit um, and set it up um, and set it up as a proper brewery. Met a Stew, uh, unfortunately, and uh, the rest is history. You know what I mean. So yeah, it's a, that's how we started. It was, it was a literary midlife
0: crisis, um, and we've been going since August now.
2: Um, so yeah, I think we're doing all right.
0: Fantastic. And the uh, said so no sports car. It was just just um, contract B brew, and then you know yeah. maybe a sports car was coming, but then I oh, need to get the tanks. So. Cancel yeah. that order now, now i've got the brewery the sports card's never come in
2: <laughs> give it give it a few years hopefully and uh it'll be back on the cards yeah maybe maybe but yeah it's uh yeah the contract brewing for us just you just it was just never going to work so it just yeah. had to, we just had to go all in you know which i would have done eventually but like it just brought that sooner Do you know what i mean like i yeah. probably bought my own kit
0: i don't know like, two or
2: three years after that
0: but it just had to come forward a lot quicker then and yeah, did you have any background in, in beer or brewing at all before that? Or... Drinking a lot of beer, that's about <laughs> it. Um,
2: I just i just love beer.
0: I really love beer, do you know what I mean? And it, it's
2: Again, it's just one of them where it just it's just something I wanted to, you know, you'll get to a certain age and you go, what do I want to spend the rest of my life doing? Um, um, spend it doing something I enjoy doing, you know what I mean? So...
1: Um, so, obviously, the time period we're talking about was over COVID. Um, obviously, contract brewing, I imagine, difficult thing to set up anyway. And then when you add in those extra challenges of COVID, were there any times where you were like, oh, maybe this isn't the right time to do it? Or was it like, um, no, this is it, we're going to make it work?
2: I think it was just, like I said, it was just kind of, in a way, I think it was a, it was a, a really bad time to start. But then it the flips out, I think it was a really good time to start. You know what I mean? I think... I think the, the the reason why the contract brewing didn't work very well is that the company I was looking at to do the contract broom was in a very awkward position because of COVID. I think they kind of jumped on it and saw it as a bit of a cash cow. Did they do the best beer they could? Probably not. You know, I mean probably cut a few corners. Um, but then also because it started in COVID times, you know, I I I couldn't start at a worse time. So I've kind of I feel like I've cut my cloth accordingly and I'm not, you know, like I'd love to have been part of the you know the be- Beaver Town growth days where it was just be a, be be and throw money at it and just buy and spend and spend and spend. But, you know, them days have gone now, do you know what I mean? And you've got to mm-hmm. think carefully about where you spend your money and what you do because, you know, it's all about, you know, kind of the future and going forward and, and being sustainable. So I think COVID taught me a lot very quickly and very early in how to be a little bit more frugal in what I was doing, which is which is good and bad.
1: Yeah. I feel like it was very much a sink or swim time. And the fact you've kind of made it through and come out of the other side of that one is, is can only be a good sign, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. Cause you know, I, I'm, I'm not the kind of person who can give up and, you know, we did have a lot of beer from the contract brewers. I did throw 15,000 pounds worth of beer away because it just wasn't up to standard. Uh, but it was just always one of them things where I just wasn't going to let it beat me. Do you know what I mean? It was, it was what we were going to do. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, just keep going.
0: That, yeah, definitely a, a hard hit in the early days. I was yeah. going to go in with a segue there about swimming and, uh, moving on to this three-eyed fish, but uh, I feel like there's a bit more of a story there behind that, that 15,000 pounds worth of beer. Was that a, a, a difficult decision to make when you had to kind of pull that trigger? Oh, yeah, I was gutting, do you know what I mean? It, yeah. it,
2: I started yeah. off by, you know, thinking, right, okay, the beer's not up to my standard, but, you know, it's a lot of beer, I've got to, you know, I can't just throw it away. Um, mm. And, you know, I, I did get behind what I could, and we did, you know, I did some decent stuff, but deep down in my heart, I just, every time I sold that kind of beer, it just wasn't, I just wasn't proud of it, do you know what I mean? So I, it gets to a point where you go, you know, forget the money, am I proud of what I'm doing? And the pride yeah my product was a lot greater than the money I'd lose so I just had to just say look enough enough that's it and um, it, it's you know it's one of them things it's a it's a bit of a kick in the balls or such but it's what it is well,
0: it's definitely a uh, a bit of confidence for the products you're putting out now people know that if it's not up to scratch it's not leaving the brewery so um yeah yeah
1: what sort of kit sizes were we talking then so at the contract brewery how big were those brews that you were doing then and then how big are the brews that you're kind of working with now
2: uh, so they were doing uh they were on a 15 barrel kit um so it was a, a full a full session uh, session on them and i had four beers i had a, a like a 4.6 session ipa a 6% ipa a dipper and a stout a 12% imperial stout um wow. we're on a 10 barrel kit now so slightly less um but yeah but yeah we we i, I kind of went in a bit hard to be fair mistakes wow. learned and learned moved on you know what i
1: mean I suppose that's the way to do it though, isn't it? You kind of got to go in hard and like you say, you're either going to find out very quickly or, yeah, or it will thrive. So, and I mean, we cracked a beer a few minutes ago and sipping through this now, I have to say, I think it's thriving. So Stuart, probably a good time to bring you in. Do you want to tell us about Three-Eyed Fish? Yeah, certainly. It's just a
3: 6% hazy pale, uh, but I like my pale to finish just slightly drier, and with just a touch of bitterness on the back end because I find when they're too sweet, I find them too overclawing, and you can't really drink much of them and just get a bit wiped out by the sweetness, whereas I it's too dry, but it'll touch drier than normal, and it's just hot with, like, nectaron, uh, a new product what we found called nectaron Hot Burst, uh, and with Idaho 7 and Citra, but it's, it's like, uh, whirlpooled heavily with Idaho as well the dry is roughly about 18 grams a liter so it is quite a heavy dry hop as well mm-hmm. what is the uh, what is the hop burst it's it's like an it is a natural extracted oil of the nectar on hops as well it's oh, not okay. a, a cheap extract it is actually a, by nz hops a pure oil extract of the nectar on hop you uh, only use like this like say you know a 10 barrel kit we only put like 100 mil in so it's very small but just like in mid fermentation just has
0: that extra level of depth to it i find i had the images in my head of, of starburst and just unwrapping small little squares <laughs> of hops above the uh, above the kit but i guess it's a bit more like that or so we- was a cheaper
3: starburst <laughs> <laughs>
0: So would you only use that when you've got the kind of same version or same hop in there already just to give it that bit extra or would you use that and not maybe use Nectron in a brew?
3: I suppose so. Like I just do that just to top it up, just to give that Nectron an extra level as well. I've never actually tried it solely on its own or you could probably add it to the dry hop, but then speaking of reading papers as well, the white papers for it, it does say to add it mid-fermentation. Because if there's any like little slight off flavors to the hot burst, the fermentation wipes them away and it just brings out the citrus forward, in the mm. hot burst and the oils. But I find it's, uh, it has that level of touch of bitterness to it as well, which I like on the back end. It's not an astringent bitterness, it's a soft bitterness.
1: Yeah, I mean the smell of this is literally just fantastic. Um I so netron's a hop that I've been absolutely loving recently. Um my local brewery beer, if they use a lot of it in their brews. Um so I've sunk sunk a fair few netron beers. Um and I have to say this is yeah, this is serious. This is a really good beer. Um I'm gonna put it in the dangerously drinkable category. Well six percent. Okay. <laughs> This yeah.
3: is the first iteration. We, we don't really have a core at the moment, do we? No. But then we brewed this one first, and I was quite pleased with it. But yeah, we've done this.
2: Which, which How many brews have we? How many brews is that on our
3: kit now? We've done one brew of that, and then we've got a new one, which is called Neon Dreams, which... Yeah, how,
2: many, how many brews in total is this one now? What's oh, sorry, it? that
3: was uh, 20th Guile. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, wow.
2: Yeah, 20th. Yeah. So,
3: like, we've not... Like, still massively dialing the kit and yet to say it's the 20th brew on the kit so i'm quite happy with it Mm -hmm. but then we sort of we sort of developed this recipe and i've increased the wheat on it i've changed the chloride profiles i've added strata to it and idaho and it's now called neon dreams and that's a completely it's it's Based on this, it's the same ABV, but then we're using liquid yeasts in it now. This was a dry pitch, and now we switched to liquid pitches, and it took it to the next level, the beers. like They come out super milky, but yeah. ultra soft as well. Whereas this is like more bright, I find uh, the liquid yeasts give it a more milky vibe, which I'm really enjoying at the moment.
1: Nice. I suppose it's nice having the two different options there and you can kind of play with it and dial it in as you want. It's a strange story I met, John, really. Shall I tell
3: the story I met you, John, how it came about? Well, you've nothing weird about You, you made that sound really good. <laughs> <amazing. Yeah, laughs> I was going to say, yeah. No, it was in a swingers club? He <laughs> <it> was
0: pouring <laughs> £15,000 worth of beer down the sink. Went, Hang on, I'll have some of that. Yeah, yeah not, we might need to put this bit <laughs> behind a <the> paywall.
3: What <laughs> no, it was, uh, my friend owns a local pub in Wigan and he just dropped me a line and said, listen, Stewie, uh, this guy's just dropped me four cans off. Do you want to come up and sample them? So so then I dropped John a message and just said, I've just tried your beers. Uh, I like what you're about as well, the state of kind, because at the time I was a postman and a mental health ambassador, and I liked the ways what he's about and with the brewery and the state of kind and doing good for people. So I dropped him a message and then just said, I've tried your beers. Um, I brew myself. I want to come and try my beers. And then John came, didn't you? tried them out and
2: i went thinking to be fair i did think when he said come, on, come and try my home bro, i was like oh jesus christ it's just <laughs> it's just gonna be one of them where i'm gonna have to smile and say it's good but to be fair you know i got there and i had the beers and i was like wow this they they, they were the beers that i was you know i wanted to make going forward you know what i mean so that that was it then we just like yeah let's do this you know what i mean so yeah that's that's how it started really
0: it's definitely uh, an organic sort of kind of second life there or second second start Definitely how some of these sort of great partnerships come together. Yeah, exactly.
1: So how long had you been homebrewing for then, Stuart? Had it always been a plan to kind of do it on a bigger scale, or was it just this kind of aligned perfectly and it seemed like the right, right time to give it a go? How far do you want me to go back? Just go back to the start of the horse
3: <laughs> far back as you, you want. Know. I've got John knows I've got stories upon stories upon stories.
2: <laughs> if I started awesome, believe me.
3: <laughs> oh, right. so let's go back to about, to about 2000 I was living in Australia. John's heard this one. I was living in a cave in Pede in Australia uh, okay. Crocodile yeah. Harry. And then a lot of American tourists used to come over and bring Crocodile Harry uh, beer, beers. So then one of the beers what I had in there I was living in this cave with him was Stone IPA. And this okay. was 2000 I thought, Jesus. At the time, I was just drinking Cronenberg and uh, cider. And I tried yeah. this. yeah, I'm digging this. But then, for years then, got out of beer and I got into food. And I started working in kitchens, I had my own food business, doing sous vide food. Like I was cooking in a big 100-litre pot. And then that just drove the wife mental. So I was doing <laughs> the, like, I had a full-time job at the post office. And then every weekend, like from Friday till Monday, I was cooking, like, 100 litres of different types of food, vacuum sealing it, and then going out delivering it. But the, the cleanup was just insane. So then, in two thousand, this is a tough one now. Seventeen, we decided to get married. So we hired out this big hall in Wales, but it didn't have a bar in there. So I thought, Shit, what should I do? So I thought, I'll home brew my home beer. Nice. So I. So I was using this like still 100-litre kit. Well, 100-litre vessel, which I used picking.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. So people are know. normally like, yeah, you know, 20-litre well tops, and then you're like, nope, 100 liters straight away. <laughs> I think at the time, I'm not sure. if it, I think I it was
3: Tiny Rebels, Kutch. I bought the kit of that. I brewed that. Yeah. I thought, oh, my God, that's amazing. And I thought, this isn't right. So I did one kit brew, and I thought, sod it. I'm going all grain. So I bought this like a eight liter thermopot from Germany, which is like a big thermal vessel, yeah. and then started brewing from home about 2017. So and I brewed all the beers for the wedding, and then that went down a storm, and just continued home brewing and loving it, working full time as a postman still, and then I was just entering a lot of competitions, uh, and I was finding myself like, yeah, your mates blow smoke up your ass and say it's great beer, even though it might not be the best, but then. Went into, like, the BJCP competitions in the UK. You get honest feedback and deep feedback. And then I won quite a few of them with stouts. Like, I was getting, like, 45, to 50s, which is class as world class. Wow. I thought, yeah, maybe I'm onto something here. So I just, like, still brewing at home. I just a keg all at home, just brewing for me and my mates. And then a local pub with the one I was speaking about earlier. So start doing a few kegs for the bar upstairs. So then... Every week I was brewing like different beers, putting them on upstairs. And they were the fastest selling kegs, what he had in there. Wow. Then they were just developing from there really. And then that's when I kind of, in I think it was just after Christmas in last year, I met John and then that's what he said, I want you to come and work for me. So then I carried another the post office. And then in April, I just said, sod it. I'm leaving Royal Mail after 25 years and taking a plunging wind brewing. And the rest <laughs> is history. Probably a
1: good time to do it. <laughs> yeah.
3: So then from April till August, it was a pretty much, John had already, you'd already ordered the kit, hadn't you, John, then? Uh, and then it was like from April till August, we was building the brewery, building the tap room, putting the kit together, commissioning the kit. So then from, like I say, it's quite a short period between yeah. April and August. And then the start of August, I did the first brewery. And then
0: was ready for opening, I think it was the 21st of August.
2: Yeah, was it?
0: And that's it. Wow. wow. I I was much more of a whistle stop tour than I could ever have imagined, really. I mean we went off from in a cave with crocodiles yeah. and I, I was kind of going, Where, where's he gonna go next? <laughs> no, I couldn't go deeper, but I'm ass <laughs> as not going there. <laughs> I was gonna start asking questions about the beer names. Three eyed fish suddenly makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> There's some weird beard names and a few
3: of them are cycle to work. Like, uh, one of the more popular one of the more popular beers we've got is called Swans and Lylos, where last summer I was cycling up the canal, there was all the swans on the canal, and there was these girls in, in bikinis on lilos in the canal. <laughs> <laughs> the swans and Lylos. You couldn't if, oh, get more
2: wigging than that. You couldn't get much more wigging than that. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the big Prosecco, the big Prosecco on
3: the lilos.
1: Oh, there you go. Out of the plastic cups as well. Yeah. yeah.
2: Classic. <laughs> And then three-eyed fish
3: are cycling up the same canal and they drain the canals and then there's like a few fish not gonna break, and I to th- thought I saw three-eyed fish so then I thought, <laughs> that's the next name.
1: <laughs> oh, nice. That so uh,
0: if anybody wants to know what the next beer to come out is just make sure to take a trip to the canal. And, <laughs> yeah. And, like,
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: Golf caps cart- and dirty wheels and shopping carts. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, I mean, maybe that's, uh, maybe that's a competition in the future just to... People go along and try and spy you on on the way in, just yeah. sort of set up the most obscure kind of
1: thing and and see if it makes its way to cans. We do I was just going to say
3: things in Wigan.
1: Yeah, there's going to be little competitions now, like who can leave the strangest thing, and then a few <laughs> months later, see it, get a shout out on a beer label.
2: You come from the str- you do come from the strangest of places, but
1: yeah, I, I, every
2: name does kind of have some form of meaning to us in one way, shape, or form. So um, it's
1: quite cool. So we should probably rewind slightly. You mentioned opening in august so you've got a tap room is that was a tap room part of the plan as soon as the brewery became part of a plan or did it just
2: happen yeah it it was always going to be the tap room had to be done as soon as possible do you know what i mean like every person or every blog or every kind of podcast i've listened to or read you know they were saying how important it was to have the tap room and 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 for for me you know it was like I, i was i was so focused on having a tap room straight away Cause that the, the, you know, especially in that, that was the thing, the whole COVID thing, you know what I mean? I knew trade had tiled off tailed off a little bit. I thought kind of the tap room is probably the easiest way or the best way to make the most profit from the beer. you know what I mean? So it was mm. kind of like, I wanted to build up trade but I knew that was going to take time from also previously having beer and knowing how hard it is to sell and start a new brand. So for me, the tap room was just like, and it's something I wanted to do is, I, you know I, I, I love going to tap rooms, you know what I mean? If I'm in any city, i'll find a tap room with a brewery in it um so for me it was just it was just something i really wanted from the beginning right from this day one was that the tap room had to be done
0: i think it's really important and really accelerates the kind of building the kind of local community around you a bit. have you found that you've got people coming down time and time again now
2: oh yeah like every weekend we've got regulars coming in all the time we've got new people coming in that the regulars are recommended to uh and it's, it is literally growing week by week it's the the room has been extremely successful. Actually, for what it is and where it is, it's been extremely successful. Every weekend is just jam packed. Every weekend, they're falling out of the door trying to get in. You know what I mean? So, it's it's good. You know, there's there's the, you know for what we what we have in Wigan, we don't have a lot of great places like that. So when we built this, it was you know let's bring a bit of Manchester to Wigan. You know what I mean? Let's bring a bit of Liverpool to Wigan, and that's what we tried to do, and, and, it, and it has
0: proved really successful so far. Well, when I was checking out your social media earlier, it looked like, you know, five days ago, you had a, a bit of a royal visitor as well. So fair play to that. Yeah, Charlie popped in for a pint. Yeah, he loves a pint and we're going to start Charlie. Just a little <laughs> pre before he had something else to do. Fair play. Fair play <laughs> to the man. You'll have to uh, check out the socials if you uh, haven't worked out what we're talking about at this point. I think um, before we go on to talk more about that, and we'll, we'll come back to the tap room. I think, in the next part, we should probably start talking a little bit more in depth about the three-eyed fish because i've been sipping this now and it's getting dangerously close to the end so i do need to share some thoughts before it's um too much of a memory for me i'm uh i'm just really enjoying it it's, it's gone down far too easily six percent it's a thursday i mean what's going on we, we, we're working our way up uh no i but i think the um the thickness and i think you're right Stu, it's it finishes quite dry which does make it very drinkable um and yeah nectar on it is is something that i'm I'm gonna get involved with for the rest of my life. I think, especially just the way you pronounce it, Nectron. Yeah, you know, Pop of the like the, uh, the Misterons from uh, Captain Scarlet. It's uh, it's an evilly good hop, but uh, no, I'm all for it. And um, now I've got to have the. Is it Neon Life? Neon? No, Neon Dreams. Neon Dreams. That's because, a you know, massive. If, that, if that's a one up from this, then um, yeah, I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming tomorrow.
3: It's like yeah. this on. Yeah. It's like this on steroids. It really, really is. It's uh, I'm.
2: Ne- Dreams, Neon dreams is a banger. It really is a banger. We didn't, unfortunately, we didn't can it because we haven't got a canning machine. Uh, contract canners are well, actually, we couldn't book the contract canners for that run of beer, so we had to just keg it all. Um, you know, so it's it's gone out. We've 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 literally, I think we've got is it two or three kegs last year for the tap room. Wow. We can, we can, we cannot
3: brew enough for the tap. the tap room is going through that much at the moment. It's just it's pointless as you even canning it because we're pumping that. I Cannot brew enough. To fill the tap room at the
2: moment, running so, out of beer all the time. We have we have running out of beer, but yeah, Rivington have just put it on this weekend, so hopefully it'll go down well for them. But yeah, there's oh, not nice. much of it left, unfortunately.
0: New New Bristol have as well. New Bristol too.
2: Well. I think I don't are
0: going on this weekend, but it'll be going on in the next few weeks. Well, I might find myself in Bristol in the next few weeks, so that might have to be a I might have to be a, a pilgrimage there to just to be able to sample it. Dom, What's before it? we've um got too much salivation going on for the neon dream
1: the throughout fish is it is it a flopper for you is it, is it swimming around gracefully um yeah i <laughs> I, I would call this a seahorse it's just like graceful and i imagine delicious um bit weird to say about a seahorse but i'm gonna stand yeah it's uh it looks beautiful when when (laughs) seahorses come to mind for
0: me i think like the fact that it's the males that become pregnant i'm I'm thinking what am i drinking here what's gonna happen to me
1: (laughs) well they they just seem very graceful um and i look i wanted to say i wanted to think of something to describe how i was enjoying this beer maybe say mermaid. maybe a mermaid, not a seahorse yeah all right it, a mermaid it's from like a, mermaid. a Wigan Canal. Well, yeah. and see, that's, that sounds like, I don't know, a snake bite or something, doesn't it? I do have a snake bite. <laughs> um, but no, I've really enjoyed this. Yeah, my feelings kind of haven't changed since those first few sips. Um, it smelled delicious and it's going down far too easily. Nectar on, if you're listening and don't drink it that much, definitely seek out beers that have it in. Um, and yeah, I'm really intrigued by the hot burst now. Um, I think if I, that's another one that if I see, if I see on cans going forward, I'm going to, going to investigate. Um, I've, I've and... never seen
2: it.
3: I've never seen anybody else use it. I spoke to Bennett Rivian and asked that they
0: used it and now na- nobody I've come across has actually used it yet. Oh my god. Uh, maybe, do you think people maybe might not admit that they're using it and sort of get away with the kind of lower kind of dry hopping rate? By using a bit of hot burst as well to, to pump up that citrusness? Potentially so. Like uh, It's a bit of a bizarre one
3: because I think it's, uh, I wouldn't be embarrassed to put it on the label, like using hot burst because it's not like a, a synthetic wrong thing. It's just like an actual natural extract of mm-hmm. the hop. Mm. So maybe we'll see it more in the future, or maybe it's just not advertised
0: much on the sites. I was going to say, you're just ahead of the curve. <laughs> Hope so. <laughs> it's the, it's the little, little secret that people don't want to share because they're the people who start buying it up and the price will go up. <laughs> I shouldn't say anything we really,
1: I, I should have. definitely not using days. it any, any future up. beers, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of future beers, I think it's time for me to go to the fridge and, uh, and grab the next one. So stick around and we'll be right back. Hey Dom, you know what I love? Seamlessly integrated ad reads? Yes. Great deals? You bet. Try new beers from
1: breweries around the UK.
0: That's right, but not everyone has a podcast where they can do it every week. That's why we've teamed up with Bruiser to offer you £8 off your first box.
1: Bruiser is the service that takes fresh craft beer from breweries around the country straight to your door.
0: Every month, over 120 of the best breweries in the country create a box that showcases the best they offer. All you need to do is select which one you want a box from, or you can leave it on random. And of course, enter the code 3VICEMEN when you sign up to get £8 off your first box and support the podcast.
1: That's code 3VICEMEN for £8 off your first box. Now, back to the pod.
0: Uh, Welcome back. Uh, We're still joined with John and Stu from State of Kind Brew Co. Um, The hottest brewery to come out of Wigan in maybe ever, I'm going to say. But that shows quite a lot about my knowledge of the local brew scene. There, uh, have I discounted or missed anyone off the list, lads? Is there? Uh, this is probably a, a throw you under the bus if you forget anybody. But um, who have I missed?
2: Yeah, there are there are a few breweries in Wigan. Um, and most most of the breweries in Wigan, to be fair, are doing more traditional stuff and cask stuff. Um, so you know we, they are quite different to us. We're, we're, we don't do cask at the moment. We're only doing keg stuff. We're very hop forward and, and modern. Um, yeah, so I, I, there is breweries in Wigan, but yeah, they are more traditional to be fair.
1: What about the surrounding area? Because obviously, Manchester's known as this kind of craft hop bed that's grown in. Well, I would say outside of London, it's probably one of the biggest city Sorry, Dom, scenes in the UK. I'm just going to jump in. Did you say craft hop bed? Ah, oh, if not, <laughs> yes. you missed the opportunity there. I was. Damn it, I was, going to edit, I was going to edit that voiceover back <laughs> in. <to>, He's <laughs> throw me under the bus now. Um, I, think
3: but yeah. honest, I, I think Manchester could have a better craft scene than London.
1: Yeah, I
2: agree.
1: Yeah. I, I, I'll be honest. I know we are, we are biased because we know them, but I do. Yeah, no, I, I've had many, many a great day in Manchester drinking. So do, do you think that's kind of, do you feel like an overspill? from that has that kind of invigorated the scene around the area where you are so around Wigan Preston Manchester kind of I don't know where else to name it
2: does yeah it does it's um it definitely is a Norrisville yeah the whole Northwest is it is good Manchester is such you know such a hub of the North you know what I mean it's like you know it's 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 great you know Manchester's a phenomenal place you know what I mean Liverpool's good, but yeah, I, I think the whole Northwest is buzzing with crack breweries. I, I do, like Stu said, I honestly do believe it's better than London. Mm. I think London's got its own place, but it's, it's. I, I do think Manchester's better, definitely.
0: I think Definitely, per, per capita. It's probably, you can't argue that at all. Do you think yeah. that when, when you're opening a new brewery, it, it, does it mean that the kind of local consumer is a bit more educated? They've kind of broken the seal on craft a bit more than before, and it's an easier place to establish... Or is actually the competition a detriment?
3: Well, we've got, we've got Rivi and Chainhouse as our neighbours as well. So we sort of get the other spill from them guys as well, don't we?
2: I think that the quality, the quality in in we mean have had this conversation recently, actually. We went down to do a, a collaboration with a Drop Project. Um and, and you know, we were saying I think that the, the competition in Manchester is a lot hotter. I think it's a lot, a lot hotter. um It is a smaller city, but also the brewers are, you know, really world class. You got cloud water, you got track, you got some absolute blinders up there. Do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I do. I do think the competition is harder in Manchester, and I think it, you know, you've got to be right on your toes because, like, like we're saying, our, our nearest neighbors like Rivington He's literally ten minutes away from us, and they're smashing out brilliant beers all the time, and we, you know. The quality is high constantly with beer.
1: So with so much competition, I suppose you need to be kind of the last one standing, as it were, to get that consumer. Um, So we're currently drinking last by the pool. Do you Mm. want to tell us a little bit about this beer?
3: Yeah, sure. Uh, It's a 6.8 IPA again, double dry hot. Yet again, I have whirlpooled with Idaho 7. I am a massive Idaho 7 fanboy. Uh, there's been a lot of research into Idaho and uh, it just hangs on to the other hops, which you dry hop with. But then we was lucky enough when we first opened to score a shed load of hops from Paul at Cloudwater, Like we got, which isn't a bad thing. So we've got the handpicked like Simcoe, Citra, wow. Dacca, uh, Laurel. So this is actually all, it's like a bit of a homage to Cloudwater's Citra. So it's just an all Citra hop apart from either in the world
1: I, I, I do think get... we need to we need to touch on how you just threw that in there and expected us to kind of brush over it so how the hell did that come about how did you manage to get your hand on their hops like what happened there well it's a bit of a weird one uh,
3: we was down at heist in Sheffield and then we are chatting them guys and then there's just a rumour that they'd put out the an email that they were selling off a lot a lot of the contract hops So then I emailed, I think it was Emily Fired Water Spot to them guys, and they said, yeah, listen, we've got a a few tons of hops to get shut off. So then
1: put a big order
3: and then John got hit with a hefty bill. (laughs) (laughs) But then the quality of opening the bags of hops compared to other hops we've had, they
2: are seriously next level. They are special. They are very special. When you get your head in that
1: bag and you give it a good sniff, Oh, yeah. I can imagine it's that's a sentence the that been said a few times around Wigan. Uh... <laughs> Probably on the canal as well, to be fair. Maybe, maybe that's a new
3: beer name then, yeah. In the bag. <laughs> I'm not putting my head in that bag. <laughs> that's, back, that's back to fish as well. <laughs> I am getting a ton of grapefruit, from, like a ton of grapefruit from this and pine. Again, I find it very fine. And it's like... Yet again, just this finish not quite as dry as the eyed fish, but same pretty much level of bitterness as those again, which makes you want to go back in for another sip of it. And again, yep. I think 6.8 it's pretty dangerous.
1: I think oh, when yeah. you have those like piney flavours, though, they can kind of, you can get away with a little bit less bitterness because they kind of already convey a bit of bitterness in the flavour. So, you yeah, know, my my first few sips, this, I'm very much enjoying. I'm very much there.
0: I think it's um, it's sometimes quite bold to go such a high ABV with a, a, well, an almost single hop bill. I know you said that Idaho sevens playing a big role. Um, it, you're kind of confident there with that, that Citra is of a high enough quality and you can bring enough out of it that it's not a kind of one-trick pony and there is still that complexity layered in.
3: That's a good question, That be honest with you. Uh, I... I do find it, yeah. No, You've stumped it there, actually. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't actually aiming for 6.8% with this one. <laughs> <laughs> I did overshoot the old, uh, original Gravity quite a bit, to be honest with you. It was a bit of a, a longer boil than we first imagined. So this was actually meant to come right to like 6.2, but then the fermentation finished bang on where I wanted to do, but the OG was a little bit higher. But then um, I just wanted to showcase... Uh, the citra hop. And I remember when we first started off, I think John said one of his favourite beers was Food Car Side Exhibition by Verdant, which is if I'm not mistaken, is that all citra, isn't it? Yeah. I think yeah. It. So I just thought uh, put a smile on John's face and make him an all citra beer.
2: Yeah, so that's pretty much where it came from. It, nice. it, it is I, to be fair, I know it's quite a simple thing, but you know, citrus is probably one of my favourite hops. I think it's you know, it's a good, stable hop, do you know what I mean? And he again it, I think fruit cart site exhibitions are a banger of a beer and you know that's what i wanted to kind of try and get into that kind of
0: thing and probably a lot of people who've made very mediocre beers with citro yeah. which kind of brings yeah. down your kind of mental yes and yeah that, that kind of reputation whereas yeah, there's a reason it's one of the big ones yeah
1: yeah and like you say because it's kind of seen almost as a workhorse now like it's very rare that you get a kind of New England style or any IPA like East Coast that doesn't have citrine and obviously before it would have been I oh, know you want this for the bitterness and you know it's kind of you have the citra in everywhere so that then when you do get a beer that does citra really well and just lets it shine it really stands out above the rest and it's kind of quite refreshing not just when you drink it but also to think about you know it's uh, quite nice from both aspects
3: Me too I absolutely love citra. Like just the base as well, just just F notes works alongside it as well. And it's always been Jeff Nels forward. Like I'm a huge Citra fan. Like, but in the next few beers, I'm not using zero Citra. I'm being anti Citra for the next few for the next few releases, what we're gonna be doing. There's zero citra going in them for a change.
2: Mm. Yeah, because we did the like the one of the last beers we did was with Swans and Lyles, which is a five point two percent all Citra. Um, okay. Yeah, so like we we're gonna we're gonna take a break from Citra and, and uh, smash some other stuff
3: because we've just sort of not gonna contract, but we've just got some new hops and freestyle, uh, in New Zealand, which is pretty cool. So we just got a a lot of Nelson from them guys, a lot of Motueka, and then we're gonna be doing something alongside them and Crosby with the new CGX hops wow. and doing a club with Lockeron for is it. Was it Beer Expo, John, in Liverpool? What yeah, we
0: do for the right, yeah. That should be pretty exciting. No Citra. No Citra actually could be quite a good beer name for you know. Yeah. But and I'm I'm doing my my little marketing corner here. I'm thinking those signs you used to have on blocks of flats of no ball games, but it's, <laughs> yeah, it's just no, no Citra. No Citra. Yeah.
2: That's sad. do you know what? I might
1: use that. I think that's a really good. One. <laughs> you, Very you, you welcome could, to it. Yeah, you can have a nice little section in, uh, in the tap room where you serve purely <laughs> in pieced outs and it's just <laughs> yeah. a most, a no citrus zone. I, I know it feels like we've given you three pails
3: tonight, but we're not just doing one trick corner. It's just like John said, he's doing to the Canon as well. And we don't have our own Canon machine at the moment. So then the contract Canon is a bit of a pain, it's a mm. big expense. But then, like I say, people ever visit the tap room, they're not just all pails. We'd have on there. we have West Coast, we have States. We have a couple of barrels with States in, we're aging at the moment now,
0: so mm. we're not just a one-trick pale pony. <laughs> well, I, I think that's that's fair. I think we will have to come on to that later. I was just gonna ask quickly about the taproom. And I, I kind of got myself thinking with the kind of Citra and it not being, maybe having the reputation it deserves do you find that people kind of go for some of the stuff with hops they haven't heard of rather than the citrus stuff?
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. they, they Like um, it's getting to a point that whatever we make, to be fair, they'll just, they'll just, they'll smash all weekend. You know what I mean? So if we release a new beer on the kind of Friday, it just gets hammered all the time. But yeah, you, you, any kind of experimental hop, they're well after, they're well, they love it. It's great. Like the latest one, the, the Dancing Tap, uh, that's
3: just all New Zealand, all new Zealand hops. And, it's only four point two percent, but that flies out. So people yes, try yes. to the, the hops as well, but yeah. then the, the next few releases, what we're doing, the different hops, what they're going in them. Like I say, people don't. really... I find that people in the tap room as well, they'll find a way they like. They don't not that concerned about the hops what are in there. If they enjoy it, they'll drink it.
2: Yeah, the- I think I, I think that's what I found from the tap room. Actually, more than anything is weirdly we get we we sell far more beer through the tap room yet we get less untapped reviews from the tap room than anywhere
1: else Okay. I, th- I think it's probably the kind of thing where if you find it because i would say i'm very much like that i have a local that has fantastic beer on but it's very rare that unless it's kind of a special event or a really special beer that i'll check it in like i'll just drink through their range the whole time and yeah. not really think about it i'll be like yeah everything's really good but yeah, that, you know yeah. you don't think to kind of tell them that i think i've definitely
0: um kind of i've, I've broken the trend or the sort of 45 degree line of the, the graph of uh, how much I'm interested in the beer and how much I'm interested in the people around me. Yeah, and I've, I've almost almost exclusively stopped checking in things when I'm with people, just because I, I can't over it now. I've I've done it enough. I've, I've, okay. I've built up enough of a data set to know what I like and what I don't like. And I'd rather be in the conversation than be like, sorry, my picture's not uploading. I'll be with you in a second. It's nothing nothing like I'm swear swearing else it pisses me off more
3: there's somebody who comes in they order a beer and the first thing they can do is get the phone out and start taking pictures and checking it in when the friends are at the side of them it's yeah. like just get a beer sit down and talk enjoy mm. the beer so get tap for two minutes like just enjoy yourself and that's what we find in the tap room isn't it like yeah instead we get 2% of the check-ins on untapped from the tap room and that's it
2: yeah and I, and I think I think, unfortunately, I think I, I do think beer has become too serious over the past, like maybe five years something. And beer, beer is fun. Beer should be. Does it taste great? Yes, it does. Does it get me drunk? Yes, it does. Does it make me enjoy my out and friends? Yes, it does. That's that's what beer is about. You know what I mean? And I, and I, I do sometimes think beer has got a little bit too serious. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely, definitely.
0: Um, I, although I do have to apologise to everybody who I'm friends with and untapped who sees my like once once a fortnight 20 cans that i've drunk over the last fortnight with very little yeah. thoughts about them but just so yeah. i know that i don't need to buy them again
1: your untapped cleanse you know yeah, i enjoy just, it man just i'm, I'm here for it don't worry don't worry i like it
0: like there must be people out there who don't really know me you think this guy drinks a lot on a saturday morning like twice a month Yeah.
1: <laughs> so one thing that would show that beer is getting more serious is if there were food pairings to go with it so the taproom, like I, I mentioned off camera, I get very excited by some of the food pictures I see from there. Yeah, if yeah. you had to pair this beer with some food, what would it be? And also, if you want to ignore that question, who are your favourites that you get at the taproom regularly? I know exactly what i am beer with. Just the citrus and the grapefruit. And Sean from
3: Korean Grub Club, I'd be all over that. That pairing together, Korean with citrus, yeah, is like his food is immense. Like, uh, It's good. It is good. And then the favourite, I'd actually go down this to sit. Mind you, one of our regular girls, Nikki, she actually won, did she win the UK's best pizza
0: He's award? Chef. Wow. The chef of the UK. I mean, yeah.
1: Curtis, watch yourself. Oh, yeah, sorry. I need to say up so I can start driving up there now. <laughs> Curtis is very much a pizza guy. All right. T- tell us more about this pizza. So she's, yeah, she's, so
2: she's, she's, she was crowned this year, pizza chef of the year. Um, and I think she won that for Detroit style pizza. Oh, she's done at the tap room a few times now. That is her Detroit style pizza is, well, if you've never had Detroit style pizza, it's phenomenally good Detroit style pizza it is insanely good, but she does mix it up. She doesn't just do Neapolitan style. She's been doing uh, New York style pizza at the tap room as well, which is mm. like more crispy, uh, thinner, um, that is that is really good, but yeah, she she's 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 so good at making pizza. Every pizza she does is phenomenally good.
0: So for those who don't know, Detroit Detroit style, it's a kind of thicker uh, yep. uh, dough that was traditionally or anecdotally cooked in the oil pans in Detroit. And then you have Correct. the kind of cheese that the oil goes down the side, and you get a really crispy, a crispy side end. crust. Oh, yeah. I like it's the most unhealthy pizza you could ever have, but it's <laughs> yeah. so good. So these are good. The
1: rectangular ones. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, they put the hot honey on it as well. I might have made it for you before, Dom. Oh, it's so good. We you you. use that brick's cheese as well, but I don't think we get brick's cheese over here. No, no, I I've like, always used the... mozzarella, uh, moz- uh, smoked mozzarella, and cheddar. Is how I get around it. But people seem to dig the food as well. You know what? if we don't have food on on
3: say tomorrow night? The tap room a little bit quieter. People do come for the food and the beer combined.
2: Yeah, it's, it's it's more of a destination. We are a destination. Like you know, if you see where we are, we're not we're not in an accessible place. We're not stumbling away. You you it's, it's hard to walk there. So people do come as a destination. But what we find, they, they you know they they come in for the beer and they come in for the food. You know what I mean? It's as simple as that. And they're coming for
1: the vibe. We, you know, we give a good vibe. We give a good place. Um, and it, it's been good. So, for the people that are listening, what is the best way to get to yourselves? Like, if you're traveling by public transport, or if you weren't from the area, would it probably be going to centre of Wigan and then something out? Or Hello, so there is actually a train station which is a two two minutes away, but they've closed that down
2: because they, they're fixing a bridge for the next year or something. So yeah, it's at the moment it's the Central Wigan taxi from the Central Wigan or walk. You can it's a good walk actually down through Hay Hall. Uh, you can come down the canal, funnily enough, and then uh, <laughs> walk, yeah, uh, and, yeah it, it's a decent walk, but it's pretty much taxi. Uh, I don't think there's much. There's a bus that goes to the end of the road, but the end of the road is probably a mile and a half away, a mile away, some mile. Oh wow. Away. So yeah, yeah, we, we're in a we're typical typical tap room, industrial, yeah. middle of nowhere, and yeah. I
1: wouldn't have it any other way. It's the, it's no, the most
0: authentic experience.
2: Yeah it, uh, yeah. it is. And then that's, that's the feedback we get people come in. It's it's, it's funny, actually, because like they'll come in and they'll, they'll walk around the corner and see the industrial unit and go, all right, yeah. You walk through the door and go, what is this place? Because <laughs> we have done it nice, you know what I mean? But they walk in and they go, this is not what I expected from an yeah. industrial unit. It's like you've put
1: some effort into it and they're like, absolutely, I'm staying here yeah. for the night.
2: Yeah. So you, you, we have done a good job of it. I'm proud of the taproom. We did a good job of it. So, um, but, yeah, it's it's good. It's a good thing as well because
3: if it was actually in the town centre, we'd get all the overspill of all the clubs and all the mischief boys coming in, whereas where we are now, people actually get a taxi to get seven quid in a taxi. We're yeah. going to want to come there as a destination and yeah. sit there all day and yeah. drink the beers, enjoy the food,
1: don't cause any shit housing at all, just enjoy themselves and go home. And it yeah. means you don't have to brew a lager 24 7 as well, which is probably quite nice. <laughs> well, hang on a minute. We are. When we get
2: our new tanks, we'll be doing lager.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, we've mentioned obviously we're drinking some Hazy Boys this evening, um, but you've got some sours on the go. You mentioned Impy Stout that you were brewing back in the day, and Impy Stout was part of the contract brewing. If you could brew any beer, no commercial pressures on it. What would it be? I need an answer from both of you because I feel like sometimes the owner has a slightly different spin on it because they, bottom line is at the end it's still there in the back of their mind. Whereas the brewer sometimes kind of goes for it. So uh yeah, whoever wants to go first, well, you want me to go on. you to first, right? So you just said it with the impistate then. Back in the day when
3: I was home brewing, <laughs> what I won the awards with was an impistate, and it was actually I got some staves. I got some rum oak staves, as you did in wood oak staves. Added coconut to it, but it was a massive long boil. No, yeah. this would kill John. No, if I had free rein to do anything, I'd do that impish out, But it is a six hour boil and priced. I, mean, I, mean, I mean, maybe, maybe six a six year hour. ago, it's a different proposition. But exactly. now, have you so seen the prices? I, I could have said, Oh, I want to do a well fermented sour, but no. My dream will be to do that, like the six-row barrel state. And I've got a big passion for Pedro Jimenez, share it. I love Pedro Jimenez. Yes. Uh, I just love like the fig and currant from that. And I find it very sweet. Mm. And I, I know the barrels are very expensive as well. So, like, expect aside, it would be a big, massive state and then dumping in some Pedro Jimenez barrels for a good 12 months. Oh, no, I didn't. At the moment, with the price of electric, it's just it's not feasible at all.
1: Hey, but don't worry
3: about it.
2: Prices yeah, off the jungle, it's, it's a hypothetical John,
3: world. Big pockets dipping them pockets. Who cares
2: about the electric? Best we can.
1: Would there be any adjuncts in that, or is it just a just straight up? Yeah, pure, indie? pure co- Well, at the time I did
3: more coconut maple in it,
1: but that would be the additions.
3: Yeah, but it's like I spoke to Henock uh, on the Apollo about how their, their additions with coconut they're it's just like- insane, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just nuts. That's what did inspire me to brew states at the start all those years ago. I think it was like the first iteration of Noah and Yellow Belly I had. And then I just thought, yeah, these are a bit special. Mm. But then states states are my thing, big time. I love brewing pales, but I've got a big passion for states. Whereas we've done a couple of states and we've got some states in barrels at the moment aging. But I wish, just just the price is not feasible at the moment. Like putting like 4 hour to 6 hour boil on like, it would cost way too much money at the moment. Uh, and then, yeah, that, w- that would be my dream beer to brew a good 6 hour boil
0: state, whacking in Pedro Jimenez leaving it in there for a year and I'd be a happy man. Have you got a name for that, are you thinking? Or, or was that just wherever you're coming down the canal at at the time? <laughs> at the time, that was called Cast No Shadow. But then
3: it did have something M- to Must have be- been a cloudy day. Yeah. yeah. It's a cast of shadow over John's bank balance if I breathe that at the moment.
1: <laughs> John, what, what what about yourself? You know like, what? Like, just, just a glass of water, you know? I, yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah, give me a bit of water. Um,
2: no, for me, it'd be... Um, do you know what? If I'd looked to try, and it's like, it probably would be maybe nowhere near as good as I imagine or it. It'd probably be quite terrible, but I'd, I'd love to know what the first... The very first iteration of, of an IPA tasted like, you know, this oh, stuff is carried on from the ship in barrels. You know what I mean? That what, okay. what would that actually tastes like? You know what I mean? Like would it taste horrendous? Would it be so lovely? You know what I mean? Cause obviously that's not brewed anymore and that's not something you can make. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's something I'd love to be able to recreate and just so see. Right?
0: Pre, pre or post shipping, you know, is this before it leaves the dock or when it, when it gets to the other side? I'd say or, or maybe both, and you can try them side by side.
2: Yeah, yeah. From when it starts to when it ends. Both aged version. Business. Yeah. Or you could have a yeah. flight,
0: couldn't you? You could have, you know, leaving the brewery. Famously, you couldn't you have know. a flight. Getting a bit, getting a bit thirsty on the journey, and then finally got here, and that's yeah. those are the three. Yeah.
3: Good idea. Yeah,
0: I like it. And and the uh, the flight board it served on is like vintage oak from a ship. Yeah i think those are those are two pretty good answers actually i I have to say and i've just realized now that if i do win the euro millions i'm gonna have to put on a beer festival where we pay everybody everybody we've had on to make the beer they suggest and -hmm. then serve them all at once it, just be the most obscure festival i don't think it's happening anytime soon but just uh, you know put a placeholder in your calendars um i very much enjoyed this i think i the grapefruit has certainly come through a lot more in the second half I think, than the first half, but no, very much, you know, for for a big beer that's very citra-heavy, you know, no complaints at all, and I can probably tell that it is, you know, top-shelf citra, rather than, uh, and, you know, well-hopped, rather than uh, a few here and there to make it qualify to uh, put it on the label.
1: Yeah, I think this has been quite a nice, like, it's quite nice starting at 6%, because then when you have a 6.8, it's like, okay, this is a serious beer now, right? I feel like that little, that extra little bit of alcohol paired with kind of those resiny, piney flavors, um, it kind of comes together. And it's like, this is definitely a little bit more of a sipper. Um, I would kind of say this is a dipper without the body. Like it's definitely got that depth of flavor. Um, And yeah, it's it's really good. It's still got that like nice dry feeling like the first beer had. And like say, if that's something you guys are going for, absolutely smashing it and i'm 100 here for it um and yeah this is this is I, I would definitely not start on this one this would be my yeah. second beer of the night because yeah. then that would make sure if it's a weekday i go to bed afterwards yeah <laughs> yeah again yeah, like we're going like
3: say six six these are session beers in wigan <laughs> like
2: yeah. This is how we do it up in Wigan. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah no, I'm I'm clearly not used to. It. I'm I'm in Leeds drinking all, all of next week. So, um, thank you for the training. We've got no, one I-
2: more. Oh yeah, seven point five. It's going even harder
0: they drink beer so much beer all of the different types of beer they drink beer lots of beer it's beer uh, welcome back thanks for sticking with us we're still here with with john and Stu from uh, state of kind Brew. Uh, we have cracked another beer though and this one is well I'd call it top of the range but it's top of the range for drinking tonight and by range I mean ABV it turns out it is a thirsty Thursday because hello can you hear me comes in at 7.5 percent gents I can only thank you for sending these over um I probably won't say that tomorrow morning um (laughs) but uh you know what we'll get over it we'll get over it I haven't got any meetings till 10 o'clock it's fine
3: it's almost weekend anyway
0: yeah and it's only been a four-day week so I can't complain too much. I can't complain too much. Um, Steve, do you want to tell us a little bit about this beer and um, any yeah, way yeah. you can explain the artwork on the front? Because I, I'm seeing a, a rabbit on a phone. Is that is that an, an insomniac rabbit or an intoxicated or high rabbit on a so, on a on a landline I think with it's a, a bored wire? Rabbit. It looks like it's
2: it's it's a fed up rabbit.
0: It's a, it's it's a stoned a, rabbit. It's, oh, it's, it's a it's a stoned rabbit trying to cancel this. No. I've got it. <laughs>
2: Let alan do the artwork and Stu can explain the beer. Okay. So, the, the rabbit actually comes from the original set of beers I did. Um, I got an artist, um, I got an artist, uh, who was a, a street artist in Bristol actually, um, to commission it. The- <laughs> yeah, that's a fancy, yeah, we, we exclusive. got exclusive. A- <laughs> We got a street artist in uh bristol to do the artwork and the original the original um artwork was actually um hello is it me you're looking for and that was one of that was the dipper that we did then um i had to repurpose the rabbit because it cost me a lot of money so i put it on this can um and it's and i've just renamed it hello can you hear me because i I did always think hello can you hear me was a better name because the rabbit looks really pissed off Every time I ring on my phone, on my mobile phone, that's all I tend to say is hello, can you hear me? I don't have a conversation, it's just hello, can you hear me? That's all I say, so that's where the artwork came from.
0: I'd I'd like to say you can repurpose it again on a, a Zoom call background in a kind of four by four square. Yeah. And then just, I'm gonna,
2: I'm gonna use this. Do you know how much this artwork cost me? I'm using it for <laughs> he, He's gonna be hello, am I on mute? He's yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> for, for being boxer in it as well. For when
1: he's speaking,
0: <laughs> this is my one time passcode. You, it, you got got have it.
1: slight slightly smaller rabbits for like different ABVs in the range. I mean,
0: I'm feeling that yeah. there's going to be an
1: Easter special next year. You know Ooh, I, be I, on dig
3: that. I dig that being a one time passcode. I like
0: it I tell you what I can't wait for the next box of beers that I've named all of them to come through so many will be your
1: I wonder how many you'll remember yeah that's a good point
0: good job good point. we're recording yeah so
1: to the beer <clears throat> so
3: the second beer the second gal we did was actually a dipper uh, we did a west coast the first that's a hardcore beer. that is isn't it the first brew we did on the kit was a west coast the second one was a dipper and it went in a storm, really, didn't it, John?
2: Yeah, it
3: uh, we did the local festival, and it actually won the best beer of the festival out of all the beers in the UK. So I thought, yeah, we can actually brew higher BV beers. But Dippers didn't seem to be a big seller in the tap room. I don't know why, just not a massive seller. So I thought we needed something just below dipper level, and we were finding that like, a lot of people were drinking like between the seven and eight percent range. So I thought. Let's go for like a mid-range seven point five, not quite a dipper, but then give it the flavour of a dipper, but not quite the sweetness and heaviness of a dipper. So I went for more of a not a lighter body, but
1: just got a quaff something quaffable.
3: Something like
1: you want to Ooh, go back. So, so someone's work. bought their hops from cloud water?
3: You are I'm a cloud water Three eight of the four hops in this air from Cloudwater as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, a collab. Yeah, so it's like... Yeah. Uh, it The Citra, Mosaic and Simcoe are all from Cloudwater and then it's topped up with quite a bit of Motweka as well. And it's like a 7.5 pale. It's I get a ton of pithy orange in this one again as well. Mm-hmm. find it quite creamy. The yeah. business is not quite... As forward on this one as well, but it's hep, it's like dry hopped heavily. This is like a 20 gram a litre dry hop. But then, yet again, I didn't want to finish too high. I didn't want it too sweet. Yeah, again, I just find when they finish too sweet, I just get hailed off too quick and I don't want to go back for more. So, something just a little bit lower, a little bit dry, not like super West Coast dry,
1: but in between, and it makes you want to go back for more. Mm. yeah I, th- I think you were right with kind of the pith the pithy element of this I very much get like a orange juice acidity so it's like any dryness I get from that is from the kind of citrus acidity rather than anything else and when, when I say acidity I'm not talking like sour bit it is literally just that orange juice that like what well, yeah. do you think uh, uh, you probably
3: might be getting the acidity from like the lemon and lime from the motueka I think mm. possibly mm.
0: I can, kind of, yeah, I can kind of feel it around the teeth and say so it does.
1: There's a slight bit of sweetness, but it's almost almost straight into a tang. So we've had a lot of hot chat. Um, when we're recording this, this weekend is actually Hop City. Obviously, start of festival season slightly early this year. Um, Are you guys going to be at any festivals this year? Have you got any specials planned for it?
2: Uh, yeah, we're doing a few. Yeah, uh, We did one last
1: week, uh, which was the Crafty Dog Festival. That was our first, fe- that was technically actually our first festival was Crafty Dog in Ilkley? Um, How did that was- go down? Was it kind of exciting to pour your beers there for the first time?
2: Yeah, it was, it was just nice. It was a nice introduction. It wasn't the busiest festival in the world, but it was just nice as it was our first festival. You know, I mean, as a brewery, we went there together and it was, we had a good laugh. We met some, met some really good guys out there. We met New Bristol Brewery. We're doing a collab with them coming up. Um and it, it was just nice to meet other breweries, you know what I mean, and be in that kind of like environment where we're all together doing the same stuff. And it was, yeah. it was really nice. We did, or I say it wasn't the first festival we did actually. We did uh, Rivington farm trip last year. Um, and we did that. That was good, uh, which we're doing again this year. Um, next one we're doing is the um Black uh, Black Lodge, Black Lodge Festival in Liverpool.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay.
2: That's a good one. Uh, so that's a really so good one.
3: Is that Craft Beer Expo one, that is it? Yeah,
2: Craft Beer Expo, that one, which is Black Lodge Brewery in, in, in Liverpool. That's for their, like, birthday. Uh, we do a lot there. Um, I think we're going to do, I'm hoping we're going to do the London We Are Beer Festival. Fingers crossed. The London Craft Beer Fest. I think we're going to do that. Fingers Huge. crossed. Yeah,
0: that's, a, that's a very busy one. I
2: think yeah, that's... yeah. So hopefully we're going to do that. Um Then we've got Craft Theory in Reading. Um, We're doing that one as well. Uh, and then whatever we can get, uh, whatever else we We've can got, do. We got the we got the Cuckoo one with the river and Chainhouse as well. Yeah, we're That's doing it. Cool, but
1: that should be a fun one, though. Yeah, that'd be good. That'll just be. I think that'll just be a. That'll be an excuse to just get pissed, really. To be fair. <laughs> I don't what. So what, what's that one? Chainhouse doing a festival or? So it's it's we. So we cook. We're round the corner from Cuckoo Gin. I don't know if you've ever heard of
2: Cuckoo Gin Distillery, but they're round the corner from us, and they're having a birthday in uh, is it August. August we're having it. a birthday party in august so they've invited us rivington and chain house to do the bar so we're doing we're taking like
0: a few beers each but yes yeah, so that that will be that's it. i'll just be a, a session between mates. to be fair yeah yeah I, I do like that there's there's some festivals you're like okay this one is clearly say so london craft beer festival that the the we'll have beer do yeah there's thirty thousand people come through there that's clearly a we want to impress these people this is they we're going to get the brand name out there that's so you have other festivals where you get all right the ter- the people aren't there's not that many people coming through the breweries there and like between the sessions those conversations you have in the the kind of brewer's lounge are really vital and really useful and that's how you get collabs and yeah, yeah. people and get to, and not that that doesn't happen at the uh, london craft Festival because I've, I've had some good chats in that brewer's lounge but then there's definitely others that are uh, just uh, we're gonna have fun at this one. This this one's for us. I think I think that's a, that's a lot for me, for me. What
2: I've realised about the the full festival thing, it's like you know a lot of it is it's who you know. We we you're never gonna make. I don't think you're ever gonna make a lot of money from beer festival. It's no. it's more about who you meet, who you befriend, who you like. You know, we're like we'll go to the festival and you instantly just connect with certain breweries and you just know they're gonna be your mates forever. You know what I mean? You know straight away you're gonna hit it off and just have an absolute blast when you do your. When you go down and do your collab with them, it's just going to be an absolute ball. When they come up here, it's going to be another ball. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, and that—that's—it's more about connections. And I think one of the things about the brewing industry that I've experienced is, you know, it is a very—you know—don't get me wrong. There's some, there's some, you know, sharks out there, but on a whole, it, it's a really collaborative, fun environment. And I, I like just been going for as long as I have. I've had so much advice and help from other breweries. It's—it's it's not competitive. Um, it is a little bit sometimes, but it's it's more of a you know let's just get together and make better beer. That's that's what it's all about.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think it's definitely that, isn't it? Especially we've noticed obviously doing doing this and chatting to people and things. Everyone's like very open and very welcoming in the craft scene as yeah. a whole, um, which probably leads us perfectly into collaborations. I know when we first chatted about doing this, and you mentioned earlier in the pod you went down to Drop Project for a collaboration. Um, yeah, how good. how did that go and uh, are there any others on the horizon it was good it was a good laugh weren't it, it's true. it was, uh, yeah, we, had yeah. we had a weekend in London uh,
3: I've not, cool. I'd, I'd not been to London since I was 18 I thought I'm not going to enjoy it here and I loved it it was so <laughs> much fun <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I like like a kid running rained everywhere <laughs> like,
0: you are like there's a great, so so great bit here there's a great bit here you told us that you'd, like, you'd lived in Australia you'd done all of this other stuff and you hadn't been to London in that time
3: Oh, geez, I've lived in so many countries, you can't believe, like, but, it's like, say, I've probably seen more of Australia than an Australian house, but... That might be a strike, that might
2: be a strike.
3: Yeah, I yeah, have, yeah, yeah, trust me. Uh, but, like, I've not been to London since I managed a band, I went there just for your ditch, we didn't see much, and then when me and John went down, I was like a little pig in shit, I was <laughs> in the rain everywhere, like... Oh so shit! there's a
2: shot. It was good fun. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It was good fun. We went down there. Um, we brewed uh, a double IK actually, funnily enough, oh. um, which is going to be ready in the next one. Was it next week? Is it you? Next Friday. It's been kegged.
3: Yeah, yeah. Because the guys are over in Nashville at the moment. So oh,
2: well. yeah, they, they, you know, they just they were just such a great bunch of lads. You know what I mean? Again, we did the we did the collab. Went to the pub afterwards. Got absolutely hammered and just had a good laugh. Do you know what I mean? That's nice. what it's all about. It's just about sharing knowledge as well. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. They're not nobody's precious about what they're doing. You know what I mean? It's so open. You know, like you, the, the whole point of the club for me is about learning. You know, and we're like, oh, yeah. How do you do? Why do you do it like this? So you do it like this. And what about trying that? We got so many tips from just that thing. It's just it's insane. So yeah, that yeah. was that was, that was really good. But it's like before we
3: even sort of launch on a big scale, like right. Well, you've you've interviewed you Ryan at Shanoes before, aren't you? Yeah. Frank said to, you, said to us, like, listen, boys, come down, let's do a brew together. And that was the, like the first club we did and was like pretty blown away by that, wasn't we? Like, yeah. he's, he's helped us out so much. He's been wicked. And then yeah. we went to Heist and then went to Ben's place at River.
2: Yeah, did a club with River as well, so we've done that. They're coming back to us soon. We, we've we just got a, a little problem with electric and our power supply, but we, we, when we get that sorted, they're going to come down as well.
1: Is that um, you were switching off the meter? i wish it was i wish it was that simple. no I, i've heard there's it's been a, a crypto it's it's rig the are, are there any breweries that kind of stand out to you as collabs that you really want to reach out for that you think would not necessarily cement yourselves but ones that you're like okay if we can do something with these it would be a big tick in the bucket list almost or, or ones that
0: you think you could learn off quite a lot who do things completely differently I'm a huge,
3: huge, massive stalker of Dame from Emperors. Within, like, the first few weeks, come to our tap room. Well, Damien's actually from Wigan. Yeah. Uh, So he comes visiting his dad at times, and he rocks up at the tap room. And he's like, oh, my God, it's like a Met Royalty. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I pester him all the time, but obviously he's a busy man, isn't he? He is, he is. Yeah. But, like...
2: For me, it's like, there's uh, so many people I'd like to collaborate with. So man. For us, there's so many. You could just, you know, you could just, we couldn't, we couldn't, you, you know, we couldn't name all that many.
3: Anyone really like, it's just like, it's humble to like, Rivers coming to our place in July. We've got some guys coming from, is it Phoenix Brew in Japan?
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, they're coming over, at the start started June to do a collab with us. We're going to get a drop project back up to our place uh speaking to the guys at Tartarus as well they want to do a big thick sour with us
1: who was who were the first people you had back to your brewery to brew was there a little bit of like when you when you have someone over for the first time you're not sure how it's going to go you kind of show them off to all the things where you live you're like ah oh. This is my pie shop. mixed tap, you know, and it's
0: like
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have it's a, now. It was a softer.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but yeah but I don't but,
3: I, I, it, I, see I my three be years of beer dumb. festival
0: glasses.
3: But right, right, no, I'm not sure if you know, what we're going, but it's like there's quite a plethora of pie shops. So they like a tour of pie shop, there's a pie shop.
2: And no, just, let, let, let me, I'll just interject on the on the so when when we do a when we do a um a, a, a collaboration at our brewery, we, we have for lunch we have a baldy's pie, it's called Baldy's Pies, and he does literally the best pies ever because obviously you go to Wigan, you've got to have a pie, it's as simple as mm. that. So we yeah. do we do a collab at our place, you do we we get a baldy's pies, and baldy's pies are pretty special.
0: I'll be okay. honest, with you, okay, now if if they're that special. Are they served at the tap room?
2: Uh, we have had baldis pie. Oh, okay. At the tap room. Yes, we
0: have. Yes. Uh, okay. we go. That was my little trap door there that I threw in. But no, fair play. They yeah, the no, test. He,
2: he does. He does serve pies at the tap room. But yeah, they are. They are. They're not just pies. They're
0: a. They're an experience. The Japanese are coming over. Is yeah. there? A, is there a, an exclusive scoop here of what might be on the on the brew list? Oh, a, a sake special, maybe, or a.
3: This is this is a top definitely long... not.
0: <laughs> Apparently they bring
3: in of a a lot of Japanese lemons, a suitcase of Japanese lemons and Japanese
1: tea. So how did that brew even come about? That's that's kind of what I'm interested in here, because that sounds (laughs) like a pretty. It's it's not as if you've just bumped into Ryan and gone let's do a beer together. That's kind of.
2: Yeah no, so so we have um so we we have a couple of regulars who come to tap room. Um, he's English and his partner is Japanese. Um, and she uh is in contact with a lot of japanese breweries over there she's a bit of an instagrammer in that respect of like she's a you know she does the japanese thing and a lot of japanese breweries follow her because she's a japanese person in, in the uk um and this brewery got in touch her and said oh we're coming to the uk we want to do a collaboration with the brewery and we want it to be state kind brew call. so obviously they came to us and said oh i don't know if you're interested but um this Japanese brewery wants to come and do a collab with you. And as soon as, as soon as I got to were I said, stop you right there. I want to yes. know that. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I knew what they were going to say. And I was like, yes. Uh, so yeah, that, that was how it came about. Um, I think it was just being the right place, right time. Um, I have a massive passion for Japan. Um, so yeah, so like for me, it was just natural. It was just such a, just a natural thing. And the idea for us is to do this beer, uh, we want to get a, we want to get a, a, a pallet over to their brewery and, and distribute it with a few players tap rooms over there, and maybe do a bit of a brew mm. tour over there. So we're going to try and set up a couple of return collabs on that side as well. So like oh, we nice. want to, like me and Stu do a bit of a tap launch and then do a few um, do a few brewery tours as well, and maybe get some
0: collabs out there, which they're going to set up. So that'd be that'd be amazing. That definitely sounds like a, a tri- once in a lifetime trip oh maybe well, like, well, maybe not once in a lifetime but you know once every three years you know, <laughs> the other thing we haven't mentioned yet which i think you do stand out for a little bit or we have mentioned it slightly is some of the can designs and it, it's uh they're definitely they're definitely eye-catching from a shelf yeah is there is there a kind of general philosophy you've got with the can designs?
2: Kind of. Like, like obviously, like we're we're pretty much a small brewer right now. And it, it's literally me and Stu. Um, so like I'm doing as much as I can on the kind of can design. So like the, the can design to me are, are like the artwork's kind of irrelevant to the can design. I've got I've got my kind of like we've got the logo, we've got what the beer is, and we've got the back mm. stuff. But the actual artwork is kind of just relevant to what the name of the beer is you know what i mean so i'm trying yeah. i'm trying to make it stand out a little bit different it's it's quite difficult and we will go through iteration design but i think you know for what it is it's you know the artwork is just relevant to what the beer name is but yeah it's uh
3: like john said there's
2: just there's just the two of us isn't there it's just like yeah there's, there's two of August, us. it's been hard work it's hard graft but they're easy you know it's like you know at the moment like we're in industry at the moment it's going through absolute torture like torture beyond like recognition and it's 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 a difficult thing, you know what I mean? Especially to start a brand in this day and age is well. In fact, the, the the guys from New Bristol, when we saw them the other week, they said, you know, we started a brewery before the pandemic. You started it within a pandemic. Are you stupid? <laughs> yeah, you're probably right, actually. Um, so yeah, you know, there's two of us. We're doing the best we can. We're doing the best beer we can. And hopefully things will turn out right
1: so in order to help you guys out make sure we keep this delicious beer flowing what's the best place for the people listening to follow you is it instagram is that probably the place that's most updated
2: yeah the instagram is something we update all the time so yeah probably instagram and facebook are probably our main kind of channels of where people can kind of have a look at what's going on so yeah it's it's pretty much updated constantly that yeah
1: and is that state of kind brew co yeah okay and uh so obviously we've got a few
0: cans in front of us As so this is a, a remote recording but i think from what we've sounded about cans are available but pretty hard to come by so you may as well get yourself down to the tap room
2: yeah yeah so you, you, you we, we do have obviously the website as well state um i do need to update some more cans on there but yeah that that's another place you can get direct from us so yeah uh, and then also decent bottle shops around but yeah our the, we we don't have a huge amount of capacity so uh, we don't have cans all over the shop so yeah if you need some just get in
0: touch with us yeah
3: but that capacity may change might it john
0: it is oh i'm gonna i'm gonna throw a shovel in the ground and start yeah. digging there is Good. that is that a, a 2023 plan potentially uh it's it's
2: a it's a planet asap do you know what i mean like, like we said before we 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 just can't make enough beer at the moment every every ounce of beer we go he goes to attack room and sells trade straight away uh we're running out of beer pretty much all the time um so yeah we just ordered another three tanks at the moment so hopefully we're wow. going to get them soon so then we'll, we'll be up to three we'll be up to six fermenters to six big fermenters then soon so yeah so we'll, we'll
0: have more capacity then. and a canning line as well or is that a well, across oh, that bridge, and you can't. Can my god, a cannon, <laughs> my life, a cannon mine. Like,
2: yes, yeah, we want a hand can. canner and another employee. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have 60,000 pounds lying around to buy a canning machine? No. Um, and I this is funny because, like, this goes back to the whole original conversation about COVID and where we were in COVID and so on and so forth. And, like, you know, everything in the brewing industry is expensive. You know, if yeah. you, want, you want a cannon line, it's 60 grand. You want a new fermenter, it's 10 grand. You know, you you want a you know, you want a bloody centrifuge, it's what 70k. Do you know what I mean? It's like everything is expensive, nothing is cheap. Malt. What that malt bill to the price. Malt, yeah, malt, my God, malt's gone up so much. Like we just ordered the basic amount of malt today, it was just such a high bill. Um mm. it just makes your head spin all the time. And you know, w- w- one thing we learned from well, from COVID is like don't overspend, you know what I mean? Don't take on yeah. too much. Because when you take on too much debt and the shit hits the fan, you still got to pay that debt back. And that's unfortunately where a lot of breweries are falling over now. They just went, oh, I'll have a canning machine. i have this, i have a SSB kit at 350 grand. You know what I mean? They so you just took on all this debt. And the trouble is you've got to pay that debt back. Regardless of what happens, you still got to pay that debt back. You know, this our brewery where it is at the moment is like, we don't have any debt and I'm trying not to take on too much debt. So whilst the canning mat line would be lovely, it's sixty thousand pounds of debt,
0: you know what I mean? And and, and you know, uh, what's worth getting yeah. it, not. As morbid as it is, I think a lot of breweries took on canning lines during Covid because they yeah. thought this is the only way we can stay afloat, this is the only way we can get our beer out to people. Yeah. And the, if, there are enough, there's, enough, there's enough, already been if, quite a lot of casualties. There will be some more casualties. oh yeah, without, I sharing, think without. secondhand canning lines probably are gonna be popping yeah. up on the market for the next year or so. It's, it's difficult
2: because, like you, you, you know, you see these, you see them falling all the time, and it's like, you know, I don't want to be that casualty of taking on too much. And I honestly think that the next year, two years, it's literally just about survival. I do think good times are coming. I do mm. think we come back, and I think it's all going to be good eventually. But it's just about survival. And for the moment, we are selling kegs two to, you know, you know, we we sell kegs so much faster than we do cans. You know, so like whilst I'd love to be able to do cans, cans, you've got to have the cans, you've got to the artwork, you've got to have the label, you've got to do the Canon, you've got to have a DO machine, you know, the Anton Paz, what, 16 grand, you know what I mean? It's like so expensive just to can, and you kind of go, we can keg and sell it in, you know, a week or put it through a tap room in a week, you know what I mean? So like where we are right now, kegs are, you know, our kind of thing at the moment. I'd love to buy a canning machine, and maybe we will soon, but who knows?
0: So I guess that for people at home who've kind of said, oh, those those reviews sound quite good. It sounds like the beer is, is very nice. You are right. This beer is is very good. I, I'm going to say it now. I, I think you're above average. I think uh, if you play your cards right, survival is uh, is is a sure thing. I think you've got 40 points, a lot like Chelsea this season. You, you've done it. You're safe. Um, How well about done spending congratulations. 600 mils? You've not spent six hundred mil, like you've done for it real. the easy way. Yeah, again, people who are listening, good. That sounds like good beer. It is good beer. Like I, you're gonna have to get yourself to Wigan, unfortunately, for Go Wigan, credit. because I know who listens to this podcast. Sorry about that. It's you know, that's that's the hard life. Although in three years, when you see it in your in your local bottle shop, you'll have to pick it up. But um, Stu John, I can't thank you enough for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. The beer's been very nice very nice i can't wait to drink it again and uh well especially the neon dreams that you haven't sent us because that sounds amazing
3: we have got uh, kegs out there all over the uk oh yeah not just like in wigan oh
0: yeah yeah Yeah. you'll you'll probably be able to find it around you it's just if you want multiple in at night if you want it from source Yeah, Yeah. yeah it's do you have a kind of a finder of where you send stuff out is that is that a facility you offer
2: I, I just basically, I send a mailing list out every week. Do you know what I mean? Every
0: Monday I send a mailing list out and,
2: and whoever buys it, buys it. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's got to a point where I've had to send, I have to send a mailing list, which is a pre-order mail list now. Oh. So I send a, I send a pre-order mail list out two weeks before we launch the be, and most of it to trade is sold out before it actually gets packaged.
0: Do you um, then release the public where you've sent it?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. At some Well, no, not not to where we send it. Do you know what I mean? We we just put it through the tap room. do you know what I mean?
0: Well, uh, we'll check your local bottle shop or, or bar because yeah. they might have some of this um, seahorse juice on tap. Um, <laughs> mermaid you, juice. Mer- Sorry, mermaid juice. <laughs> Thank, Thanks Thank for you. listening. And uh, gents, thanks for joining us. It's uh, It's been an absolute pleasure. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers, everyone.